You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Unsaved men are under Satan's influence and control. He's the God of this world. He has them hypnotized, addicted to his lusts and flesh. He has them pursuing the immoral cravings of their flesh, indulging in self-centered appetites, pursuing what feels good and makes them happy, right? We were like carnivorous zombies in Night of the Living Dead, living for the next Lunchable. The biggest disease amongst humanity is sin. Because of the fall of Eden, we're naturally prone to sin, which, as you can imagine, is not what God wants for our lives. To restate the point that Pastor Dion was making, unsaved people are under the control of Satan himself. That's a terrifying thought. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, you've been rescued from the grasp of Satan. Do you have friends or family that don't know the Lord today? What can you do to lead them to safety in the kingdom of God? Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Zombie Apocalypse. If you want to know why, how could God permit the world to be filled with evil? Hey, listen, what happened, guys, is the result of the consequence of sin and death. And God tried. He said, don't eat of the tree because the day that you do, you'll have separation from me and you will be totally depraved. Everybody said out loud, what? Totally depraved. But in spite of the warning and the consequence, Adam and Eve rebelled and disobeyed. Oh, everybody say, cabezudos. But look at your neighbor and say, you know how it is. In spite of God's warning, they rebelled and disobeyed. And when they ate of the tree, they were separated from God. And remember, that's not only the fact that they got booted out of the Garden of Eden. God separated. No longer, he wouldn't hear their prayers. They were now separated from God. He God even put an angel with a flaming sword to guard the Garden of Eden so they couldn't enter anymore. That separation was sealed. Wow. And then death infected every aspect of their being. From that moment, everything started decomposing as you live. Because that's literally what our condition is. And that's why I look in the mirror and say, what happened to the young guy that I used to see? That started happening to them. Everything started falling apart. All right, And so death infected every aspect of their being, both spiritually and physically. And guys, not just them, but all of creation came under an evil ruler and an evil curse called sin and death. Everything in the earth, everything in the universe, start, the same thing, starts deteriorating. Pretty interesting. Now, from then on, every person born is born separated from God and depraved by sin. 
So now it sheds light on the reason why Jesus had to, couldn't be born of a man, that he had to be born of spirit, because if he was coming as a redeemer, as a man, guys, he would be sinful. So it kind of tells us the reason for the immaculate conception. It also tells us the reason why we're told to go take the good news to the entire world because everyone is in the same condition. All right? So it sheds some light there. So we're completely depraved. We're separated from God, everybody that's born. We are all conceived with what is called original sin. All of us. In fact, here are a couple of verses. Psalm 51 and verse 5, David said it like this. He said, For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. From conception, I was born with original sin, separated from God, and totally depraved. And guys, that, that's why you don't have to teach our adorable newborn children how to be stingy or jealous or what parent ever said, now, if you really want something from Walmart, this is how you throw a tantrum to get it. This is what you do. You convulse, you scream, you kick. No parent ever taught their kid that, yet it comes prepackaged. <laughs> and here's the thing. All of you, Right now, you might have it all packaged up pretty so that it doesn't look like that. But you are still the same selfish, manipulative person you were born to be. All of us, right? We might have it a little more under control. It's in our DNA. We are spiritually dead. It's in there. Now, that's why Jesus advised us to be born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, which is by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Because contrary to all of those New Agers who say, have it on their bumper stickers and t-shirts, we were born right the first time? Oh, no, you were not! No! That's why we need to be born again. Here's another verse, Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, that says, There is none righteous. You know what the Greek word none means? None. None. There are none righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together all become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. We're all born in that condition. Then there's Romans 3.23 that says this. For everyone, you know what the Greek word for everyone is in English? Everyone has sinned, we all fall short of the glorious standard of God. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking about us. That's the human condition. And though people may look or seem good and are law-abiding citizens, though they may have a good character and good behavior, beneath the beauty is a beast with an insatiable craving. Does that look like somebody you know, huh? That's been in all of us. All right? All of us are in that condition of sin. 
I've told you the story before, but when I was about 18 years old, I got invited to, a couple of ladies invited me to do a Bible study at their house, and I showed up at their house, and I got there, and there's several Harley Davidsons out in their parking lot, and, and you know, I'm, I'm 18 years old, I work at a Anthony's department store in the men's department, I'm wearing, you know, dress slacks and a dress shirt and a thin tie, because it's the 80s, button-down shirt, I'm, I'm 18 years old, and I see all these Harleys, I'm invited to give them a Bible study, and, and then I go look in the window, and I mean, there's... There's all kinds of burly, I mean, you know, really guys with big old beard and hair everywhere and muscles and tattoos. And, and I, you know, I was saved at seven years old. And, and I, I go in there and I start teaching them the gospel. And I remember that one of them asked me, like, what's the worst thing you ever did? Take a drag of your grandma's cigarette? And I said, I didn't even do that. But let me tell you, I was a sinner nonetheless. I was born a sinner because of Adam's sin and was deserving of hell. And it didn't matter what I've done or what I haven't done. I was already born with that nature of sin destined for a destiny that wasn't next to God. I was born separated from God. That got their attention. No one's good. No one's righteous. No, not one. So, Paul, in the text in Ephesians, said that we're all dead in trespasses and sins. We are all zombies. Sinners by nature. But then Paul also said that we are sinners by choice and sinners by practice. That's the next step, right? Because, hey, listen, here's what happens. We're born sinners, and then guess what we do? Because we're born sinners. It comes natural to you, right? Being selfish, being rude, being ugly, being harsh, being lustful, it comes natural to us. We were sinners by nature, and then we are sinners by choice, and sinners by practice. Watch how Paul explains it here. Verse three, here, verse 2, here's what he said. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So we were born naturally sinners by nature. Paul said we were born zombies. But then, here's what happens. We all became part of the zombie dance crew. We all started walking or dancing, you know, according to the evil things, the evil dictates of the, of the world. We, were, we weren't dancing to Marilyn Manson's tune of Resident Evil or doing the Monster Mash. No, we were dancing to the music, Paul said, of this evil world. Dancing to the immorality, the ideologies, the philosophies of this present evil world. We were doing a line dance that is choreographed by the prince and the power of the air. See, we were born nature, sinners, and then, hey, we just started being part of his dance crew, doing what everyone does. Sin. We followed their ideologies of the world. We followed whatever it is that was dictated. Whatever, you know, was presented. We just, we, hey, that's, that's what everybody's doing. Let's just do it. So we were as in sync with this present evil world as Michael Jackson's dance team in Thriller, if you remember it. I mean, we've got all the moves down. And not only did we just, I mean, we just played a part, but we loved it. We enjoyed it. Paul tells us we, we were following that choreographed moves that came from the prince 
and the power of the air. Jesus identified him as the devil. So, listen, we were born with the nature of sin. Then we just start doing the dance like everybody else. Not realizing that the puppet master that was pulling all of the strings was the devil. In fact, Jesus described him like this in John chapter 8, verse 44. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's why we did what we did. That's why we walked the way we walked. And he was the puppet master that was pulling all the strings. And we were just playing along because that's, hey, it felt right. Paul in another passage calls Satan or the devil the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ who is in the exact likeness of God. That's where we were. We were doing the dance crew. We were, Satan is pulling the strings. And we are totally blinded, oblivious that we're in the need of salvation. How many of you remember before you were oblivious to the need of salvation? I mean, just living it. Just living life. That's, that's all you knew. Unsaved men are under Satan's influence and control. He's the God of this world. He has them hypnotized, addicted to his lusts and flesh. He has them pursuing the immoral cravings of their flesh, indulging in self-centered appetites, pursuing what feels good and makes them happy, right? We were like carnivorous zombies in Night of the Living Dead, living for the next Lunchable. We couldn't wait to get our party on. I mean, man, we, we were oblivious to anything else. We were sinners by nature. We were sinners by choice. We were sinners by practice. And therefore, deserving of God's judgment. Let's read it. Paul goes on among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. Children of wrath meaning children of, of judgment. We were children in need of judgment. Because of our nature of sin, because of our choice for sin, because of our practice of sin, we were doomed for eternal destruction. Children of wrath, hopelessly and helplessly condemned. We were already judged, considered guilty. That's what we were, guilty. Born guilty, nature, choosing. When we finally decided to choose sin, well, guilty. And then we practice sin, we were guilty and deserving of God's wrath. We were all destined for hell. Now guys, hell is a real place. A real geographical location. Jesus never spoke of hell in allegorical terms. He spoke of hell as a real place with a real devil for real rebels. We were all destined there. Now some people choose to dismiss hell 
or deny its existence. They, they tell you the grave is as far as you go. Or some describe hell as annihilation. You're just going to burn up until your body is consumed. You know, in two shakes of a lamb's tail, it'll be over. But Jesus spoke of hell, warned of hell, and described hell. And it isn't that. Jesus said that hell is a place of eternal torment, eternal pain and anguish. Matthew 13 records Jesus describing it as a place of outer darkness. In other words, completely separated from God as far as you can get where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Mark 9.44 says, where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. So hell is a lot like the Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Now right now, some of you might feel about as nervous as a drug mule going through customs. But listen, Understand something. God didn't create hell for any person. He didn't. God originally created hell for the devil and his angels. God never intended anybody to go there. Listen, we're born destined for that place, and so what God does is He tries to place obstacles in our life and uh, lifesavers to keep us from going on that road and ending up in that place. God originally created hell for the devil and his angels. He doesn't send anyone there. You have to choose to go there. And the writer of the book of Hebrews explained that God places obstacles to keep us from ending up there, like creation and our conscience and then the commandments and Christ and Calvary and the gospel message. He puts all of those things in the way so that we hopefully will take that instead of going down that destructive road that we're on. So in order to end up incarcerated in a God-forsaken place called hell, you'd have to trample all over or navigate through all of those things, deny them, reject them, get them out of the way just to get to hell. Here's the verse, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 28. It says this, Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which He was sanctified a common thing, and insult the Spirit of grace? For we know what God has said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge His people. And it is a fearful thing, a serious thing, to fall into the hands of the living God when you have rejected every single obstacle that He puts in your way to get to that place. Wow. So if you're on a dark desert highway, cool wind, through your hair, and you smell the warm smell of kelites rising up through the air, and if up ahead in the distance you see a shimmering light, if your head grows weary and your sight grows dim, you don't have to stop for the night. You don't have to stop. You don't have to keep going. Choose God's amazing grace and keep driving towards the good news that He has given you. Amen? In fact, let's read it. Here's what Paul says. 
Now, understand, here's what he said. We are sinners by nature. We are sinners by choice. We are sinners by practice, making us deserving of eternity without Him, separated from Him in a place called hell, right? But then, everybody out loud, verse 4, but God, say it out loud, what? But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you can be or have been saved. It's awesome, right? That's who we were. We were sinners by nature, without hope, when without God. We were sinners by choice and practice. We indulged and we enjoyed it. And we were guilty and deserving of judgment. But God, in His great love, chose to save us. Now, let me ask you, but who's God? Who's God? I mean, the Bible starts out with God already working. There's no bio, doesn't explain Him, doesn't tell us where He's from. So, who's God? So are you ready to find out? Come back, because we're done here. Woo! We'll talk about this glorious God. If you have realized that it doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you've been, you've been running in the same direction to the same destiny, separated from God, and there's only one who steps in between us. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is inviting you to take a different road And all you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Believe in Him as a salvation and surrender your life to Him and begin to follow Him and you will see your life dramatically change and be transformed. So I encourage you right now to pray with me if that's you. Father, I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I've ignored You. I have run from You. I've even fought you. I was bored bad. But you sent Jesus to help me, to save me, to transform me. And so now, I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't the Gospel beautiful? I love it. If you just prayed that prayer, there's more beauty than just A message. Because the beauty becomes an experience. Because God's Word and God doesn't stop at just a message. He steps into our life personally. Because what just happened right now is the separation that existed is all gone. He steps into our life to help, to heal, and to save. You've made the best decision of your life. The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to smile on you this week. Be gracious to you and give you peace. May the beauty of the Lord be upon you, and may He establish all the works of your hands. Thanks for joining us here on The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. Pastor Dion has been taking it down to the foundation in the current series, laying out the basics of the faith. Doesn't going back to the basics just sound lovely? Take away all the cares of the world, drop off your adult worries and responsibilities, and go back to the time of Jesus loves me, this I know. 
The foundation of our faith rests on that one extraordinary truth. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. How do we know? The Bible tells us so, over and over, in a million different ways. So, how is this time of resting on the simple truth felt to you? Can you feel the love of Jesus surrounding you? He wants you to feel that way all the time, in every situation. So, when you leave this holy space with the Lord, take His love with you. And here's the truth, my friend. The more time you spend in the Word with Jesus, the more you'll know and feel His love for you. If you're not ready to leave this space just yet, don't worry. You can stick around. Pastor Dion has many more messages of God's love, and they're all stored on our YouTube page. Just head on over there next to continue in the Word. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. To find out more about us and find our church, head on over to tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. We'd love to have you come see us sometime. And with that, we have come to the end of our time together. Come back next time to soak in more love right here on The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we